from the streets of Cincinnati, welcome to the jungle! to the show this is sports with strawberry ice i'm your host the ice man jeff trenopole and as always i bring you sports from a west side point of view right here in the great city of cincinnati ohio home of the number one team in the afc the cincinnati Bengals, and jackpot joey burrow also the number two team in the country the university of cincinnati bearcats that's right. I like to I like to remind everybody of that. Now, do me a favor. If you found the show, hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that thumbs up. I'm up to 1,412 sub- subscribers. That is awesome. I appreciate every single one of you guys. Now, if you're watching on Twitter or on Facebook and you have yet to subscribe to my channel, please go to the YouTube channel, Sports or Strawberry Ice. Hit the subscription button. Hit the bell for the notification. And every time I go live, you'll be notified. Also, exclusively in the YouTube channel, 
We're doing super chats in the YouTube channel. So if you like to support what I'm doing, you can give me a super chat. I would greatly appreciate it. Also, we get lots of comments and stuff. If it's highlighted, it helps me find it. If you really want me to read it, I'll uh, do my best. And it makes it easier. I mean, just give me a, a super chat. Now, I'll come to you live from the Ice Cave. And the Ice Cave is brought to you by T-Properties. T-Properties, quality housing for quality people. Check out the website at www.tpropertiesllc.com for all your rental property management needs and your rental needs. All right, guys, I have a very special guest today. It's Joe Gammon from Fox 19. First time he's ever been on the show. Now, obviously, he's on the air right now, so he's not going to be live with me. He It's recorded, and uh, I will get to that here very, very shortly. But let's get to some of the news of the day. And we got some Reds news. Yes, nothing like breaking, but Derek Johnson – the uh, Reds uh, pitching coach has been upgraded, I guess. He's doing two jobs now to uh, director of pitching. Now, that means he's going to be in charge of the whole shebang from minor leagues all the way up to the Reds, which is cool. I think he's a great pitching coach. I'm not sure how that's going to work out while he's the pitching coach for Cincinnati Reds during the season. But that's where he has to figure it out <laughs> and not me. Hopefully it's a good thing for the Reds. Hopefully we have more news in this offseason about my Cincinnati Reds and they sign that guy right there, Nick Castellanos. That would be wonderful. So Bob Castellini, if you're watching, I know you are, go sign Nick Castellanos and get us a bullpen so we can go to the freaking World Series like we should have done this year. Anyway, now, as I said at the beginning of this, University of Cincinnati is still at number two in the country. And we'll find out what the college football playoff committee thinks about UC Tuesday. Now they got to go beat Tulane, but I just want to put this out there. I put this up on the uh, Sharp Rice Facebook page, but the only FBS team in the top 10 in scoring offense and scoring defense is your University of Cincinnati Bearcats. I just like to put that out there because, you know, we're pretty good. And like me and Joe, Damon, we'll get into it in the interview. Talk about how good the Bearcats are. And the thing about the Bearcats is they actually have NFL players on their team. So let me get to a couple comments here before we get to the interview. Uh, let's see here. What's going on? What's going on? David Lashua, my brother-in-law. Be nice to him. He's he's the Packer fan in there. He's, he's in the chat. So. <laughs> so be nice to him. He's the one talking trash about the uh, – about the uh, the Packers. So you guys are just saying, what's up? What's up? What's up to everybody in the show? How you guys doing in the chat? Iceman from Crown here. How many jackpots will Joe Burrow throw for this week? Good question. Um, I think we're going against the Jets. Um, he threw for, what, four or three um, against the Ratbirds? I think he's going to ball out. I honestly do. And just to put this out there, too, I got this little cool cool graphic uh jackpot joey burrow has the most consecutive gains with two passing tds or more he's at seven and oh hey david if you're if you're looking if, you know i see you see that graphic right there right, right there there's a guy named aaron Rodgers. yeah joe burrow's above him <laughs> i know you're watching man so i gotta throw that out there <laughs> but yeah i i think he's gonna throw for at least three i think but we'll see anyway I think I want to get to the interview of the day y'all been waiting for. It is none other than Joe Daneman. Hey, Joe, how you doing, man? Welcome to the show. 
I'm excellent. I'm here with all my exploding ideas. <laughs> I see that. I like that. You like that? That, that, that makes you look like you just got all kinds of thoughts just coming in and out of your, of your brain, just sports all the time. <laughs> exactly. I, I got so many compliments on the artwork here. And somebody told me, hey, it looks like a firework behind you. I'm like, actually, it looks like I just have exploding ideas and hot takes just popping out of my head. I'll go with that one. <laughs> hey, it looks, uh, all I got is the Jackpot Joey stuff behind me. So <laughs> Yours is better. Yours there you is go. There you go. Speaking of Jackpot Joey, he is the AFC Player of the Week. Along with that, the chosen one, Uno, Jamar Chase is the, uh, or actually Joe Burrow is the AFC Air Player of the Week. Jamar Chase is the AFC Player of the Week. And there's so many awards going on for this team this week. It's hard to keep track of. I mean, how how good is this team? Did, did you expect this? I did not expect this. In fact, I was thinking back to a radio interview I did with 700 WLW about a week before the start of the regular season. And they asked me to put a number on what I thought the Bengals would be this year. And I said, well, the number that I think is most important for the Bengals isn't wins and losses. I thought the number was 17, that if Joe Burrow played all 17 games this year, that the Bengals would be fine and they would make progress. And I thought progress was getting to the point where Joe Burrow, A, played a healthy season and B, won enough games that he and Zach Taylor would be allowed to by this front office to continue this relationship (laughs) going forward because – like it or not, Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow right now are kind of tied together. And I thought the front office had one job here the next three years, and that was to make Cincinnati a destination for Joe Burrow to want to sign a second contract. But then it's like they took this idea of progress, threw it in a DeLorean, gunned it to 88, <laughs> and they've gone on to an alternate timeline, completely different timeline than I imagined they would be on right now where they went from just making progress to the other P word, which is now contending for the playoffs. And I think this team, without a doubt, is now a playoff contender the way they've looked the first half of the season. Absolutely. Now, I always tell everybody, I always look at everything through uh, orange-colored sunglasses. I got to put them on here because I got to show you this this graphic that I'm not trying to toot my own horn because it it still might not come true. But this was my uh, record prediction of when I did this when the schedule came out. I said 11 and 6. Now, yes, like I said, I am a diehard Bengals fan. Everybody said I was crazy. I thought I was a little bit crazy, but so far I'm looking pretty good. <laughs> you are you know, looking I mean, pretty good. I even got us beating Kansas City, which back then was like, you're crazy. But <sighs> the way this defense is playing and the way Kansas City is playing, I mean, the Joe, I mean, for me, the surprising thing is the defense. I mean, I thought our offense was was going to was going to be very, very potent. With with Chase and I thought Burrow was going to come back and 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 have a good. He might start off slow, but have a good a good year. But this defense, it, I they're top five, top ten. I I thought we'd be happy if they're top I don't know twenty, but they're way better than we thought. Again, it's the idea of progress. What is progress, and then what is completely jumping the timeline of what we thought progress could be in one season. But I'll go back to what you said. We all thought the offense would be great. Look, they've invested in this offense to be explosive, to be good, to be great. You think about the the top five skill position players for the Bengals, Burrow, Mixon, Higgins, Boyd, Jamar Chase, they're all first and second round draft picks. Yep. And they invested a first round pick in an offensive tackle. Then they invested in free agency for the other tackle. So look, we knew this offense was built to be this, right? They, they, They were built to be explosive, to be competitive, 
to be one of the better offenses in the NFL. In fact, when they drafted Jamar Chase, I called them instantly a top 10 NFL Sunday ticket team. Right. That if you're on Sunday ticket and you're going through trying to find which game you want to watch, like I'm watching the Bengals because they're exciting and they have a lot of fantasy football players. What do people watch the NFL for if they're not watching the favorite team? They watch for gambling. They watch for fantasy mm-hmm. football. I said the Bengals would be a big-time watch because they have a lot of fantasy football players. So the point being, the offense was built to be this, to be exciting, to be explosive, to be competitive. The defense, the defense to me was the question mm-hmm. because they were so bad last season at getting to the quarterback. 17 sacks in 16 games? Mm-hmm. That's unheard of. That's right. terrible. That's non-competitive football. And then they invest $100 million in Sam Hubbard, who I thought was eh, maybe a role player, maybe a role player. And then Trey Hendrickson was the other half of that $100 million, a guy who had one big-time season in New Orleans. You know, was it a flash in the pan? Was it one big year? Could he replicate this? And now these two guys get their roles here in Cincinnati as the primary pass rushers, and they've looked unblockable. They've looked unblockable. So that part is is playing through. Logan Wilson, who's a guy that I'm not sure half of Cincinnati could even pick out of a lineup before this year, is now playing like an Mm all-pro. And then their secondary, who, you know, they invested in some guys that maybe people didn't know Mm -hmm. before the season, and they've really played well. So there was a lot of people that maybe follow the Bengals who didn't understand – who these people were, even myself, who covers this team. When you look at them, I'm like, I don't know about these guys, how they're going to fit together. And are they top five? Are they top ten? I don't know, but they're certainly playing like it right now. And the only thing we can go off right now are results. And the results say right now this team is, I don't want to use the word overachieving defensively, but I think that's probably the right word to use right now for this defense, considering what they've done so far this year. Is it sustainable at this level? I don't know. We'll find out. But, yeah, to me, that has been the most surprising part of the 2021 Bengals and why they are one of the better teams in the AFC is because their defense is playing at the level they're playing at. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I, I would call <laughs> Lou Anarumo. I would call him Lou Armadillo because I'm like, this is an armadillo defense. What are we doing? I mean, I look like guys didn't know where to be last year. The, the, the schemes didn't fit with what he had. I'm just like, dude, he's got to go. I'm glad. Boy, was I wrong. I'm glad. I'm glad, I'm glad they, they got the guys. And the thing is, they've got the guys. And Zach has said this a lot. They've got the guys, the right guys in the room now, I think. Offensively and defensively. And and it's two different. Like you said, the offense was is largely built on draft picks. The defense is largely built on on uh, free agency, and again to go back to the Bengal uh, history, people don't want to come to Cincinnati to play. Well, we had a whole bunch of them come and play uh, for uh, for us this year with the the defense. And Sam Hubbard, I'm with you on that. I thought Sam Hubbard was a good. He's a good run stopper. Eh, uh, blitzer. Yeah, it's okay. Trey Hendrick, Yeah, we'll see. He he might. Some people say he's a downgrade from Carl Lawson last year, but right now those guys are playing awesome. And he, you cannot forget about Larry Obi Wan Kenobi. That's what I call Obi Wan Kenobi. Help and, me, Ogan Joby. You're my only hope. That's exactly <laughs> exactly. Now you, you you can put that on the on your broadcast if you want. That's fine. <laughs> but I mean, he's playing. He's Geno Atkins 2.0. I mean, you got him and DJ Reader coming up the middle, and and the H boys coming around the side, and then Chidobe Awuzie has played like a number one cornerback. And 
you got to give it to Eli Apple. I know everybody was all over Eli Apple, including myself at the beginning of the year. You haven't heard a word. He's been playing really good the last couple weeks. So, I mean, by far, the biggest surprise to me is this, this defense. And then you have Chase, who I was a big team Chase guy. I knew he was going to be good. But, Joe, this is ridiculous. He has more yardage than anybody for, through the first seven games in NFL history. That's history of the entire NFL. He's got more yardage than anybody. I didn't I didn't see that coming, him being that good. No, I didn't see it coming just because I saw the competition for the football on the field. I mean, you got right. T. Higgins, yes. mm-hmm. you've got Tyler Boyd, then you have a running back who has the potential to be one of the top five uh, rushing leaders in the NFL every season that he's healthy. So there's only so many footballs to go around. And the funny thing about Jamar Chase was, and boy, you know, you go back to training camp and a lot of the news reports and a lot of uh, the talking points on Jamar Chase were about the drops and that kind Can't of thing. Catch. It's funny. <laughs> And the funny thing about Twitter is, as as Jamar Chase, you know, continues to accelerate himself up the ladder of best receivers in the NFL, where people like to spike the football on the local media and say, oh, yeah, is he dropping the football now? Look, that was real. Oh, yeah, no, it was. he was dropping it. Yeah, it was real. And, yeah. you know, and people people can debate what it meant, why it happened and have fun with that whatever way they want. But for us to sit here and say that wasn't happening is false. It wasn't just happening in games. He was dropping everything in practice. And it got to the point where it was like, this could be a concern. This this could be a concern at the start of the year. Is it because he took the year off? Will he be a guy that comes Sunday and once they put on the uniforms and there's people in the crowd who will just perform? That was always my thought. That once it came time, the lights were on, that this guy is going to perform. And obviously he has. But that stuff was real. So I want to put that out there because so many people like to come back and like spike the football in the local media. Hi, you guys didn't know what you were talking about. No, we were just telling you what we were observing. Right, right. And that stuff was happening. Now with Jamar Chase, it's interesting because the deep ball has been such a big part of his game so far here, the first seven weeks of the season. To me, what I was sold on and what I was looking most forward to from Jamar Chase was the play he made against the Ravens where he catches a 10-yard pass and makes it an 80-yard touchdown by breaking mm-hmm. tackles. To yep. me, that was the part of his game that I thought the Bengals needed. They needed somebody who, once the ball was in their hand on the second level of the defense, could make people miss, could break tackles, and could make big plays. We've heard so many people talk about the Steve Smith comparison. That's what Steve Smith used to do in Carolina, where mm-hmm. he'd catch a ball on a slant for 10 yards, and then he would – out-muscle a safety or a corner, and then outrun everybody for a touchdown and make those game-changing kind of plays that Jamar Chase made against the Ravens. So I was so excited to see that actually play out in a game because everything's been over the top with Jamar Chase to this point. And obviously that's a big part of his game. We saw it at LSU, but I wanted to see this and what he did against Baltimore, and he did it. So to me, that was exciting to see that part of his game for the first time as a professional football player. But you talked about guys not wanting to come to Cincinnati in the past. Right. Don't you think the guy and the number behind you uh-huh. makes a difference in that? And Jackpot. If, if you were, a, if you were a, a free agent in the NFL and you're looking for a team to go to, wouldn't you want to go there? Exactly. Because what the difference it makes when you walk out on the field? And, you know, I think Marcus Spears is an excellent, excellent now TV talking head, right, former right. football player. And he was talking yesterday on NFL Live about Joe Burrow 
and about people wanting to go play for a quarterback like that because he says he remembers going out onto the field sometimes with quarterbacks and just knowing you don't have much of a chance right. because of the quarterback and what that does to a locker room. Right. But when you have a guy like Joe Burrow or pick your favorite elite quarterback, when you go out there and you have that in your back pocket, there's a there's a belief. There's a belief with the team. See, your dog agrees with me. I know. I'm, you know. I'm here by myself. So I, can't, I can't do anything about he's, it. He's saying, hey, Joe, scream it louder. Scream it louder. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Joe Burrow, and they want to play with Joe Burrow. But, no, I think it's the truth. I, I think now you're seeing guys, and you're going to see even more of it going forward, where they see what the Bengals are building, and they see they have the quarterback in place. And if you're a guy who wants to go win football games, I don't care where you play. I care about who I play with. And if I'm playing with Joe Burrow and I'm playing with that offense – I'm going to have a chance to play in playoff games or maybe even play in bigger than playoff games, playing championship games. So I think that's a huge difference maker, not only to what we're seeing this year, but I think the the future of the franchise, when, when you get a guy like Joe Burrow, I think it changes the course of a franchise's future because now you're talking about a different level of free agent who might want to come play with you because they want to play with Joe Burrow. People wanting to come play with Joe. Yes, Burrow. yes, and I, I'm glad you brought that back up because because Riley Reef said that on his in his press conference, Joe Burrow is the reason he wanted to come here. He convinced him. I mean, when you have that quarterback, and, and, and Bengal fans are kind of worried now, it's like, oh, we got to sign, make sure we sign all these guys that that are, are left. Well, you have that quarterback, and you have that potential of the quarterback being a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Then yes, you're going to be able to. Guys are going to take less money to, to come here. They're going to want to stay here. You know, it, it, and that that is a trickle that trickle down effect of the Joe Burrow, the Jack by Joe Burrow effect. And I think that's the window now you're looking at with the Bengals because you start talking about when is the best time to compete for championships. Mm-hmm. The best time is to compete right now because you have the rookie contract of a quarterback. Now you have a more flexible uh, salary cap to play with where you can you can divide out this money in different ways because look in three years Joe Burrow is going to be making Patrick Mahomes type of money absolutely and then it becomes harder to surround him with the kind of talent you want to now you're hoping guys take less money or you're hoping you can find guys in the draft whereas now when Joe Burrow is making what he's making and you can spend that money in other places you can really upgrade around him and that's where the window is wide open yeah that's rookie contract of a quarterback is the window to do it. And I said Sunday when they beat Baltimore, I said the playoff window is now officially open. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what that game meant to me. Yep. Was it was okay, we saw what they did against Green Bay. I thought they looked fine against Green Bay in a moment where they're talking about a team who played in the NFL's final four two consecutive years. They were right there with a chance to win. But Baltimore felt like a different animal um in road game uh recent history. Lamar Jackson felt like he was just someone that this team really hadn't figured out yet. And so for them to go there, not only win, but win the way they did, I thought officially opened the playoff window here in Cincinnati. And it's a wide open window for this team and this roster. Joe, they dropped 40 on them. (laughs) They dropped 40 on them. Out of nowhere. And the funny thing about the NFL is, is it's hard to step back and wonder what that means for the big picture because there are weird results every single week in the NFL, just like the Jets. Think right. about the Jets this week. What's their one win? Mm-hmm. The Titans. Right, exactly. The Titans yes. are five Titans. and two. Right. So it's, who knows what happens? Right. Like, who knows what this means? I will say this. When they play the Ravens later in this year, 
the Ravens are going to be ready to play. Oh, yeah. He's going to be ready to play. Lamar Jackson will be ready. I think that's going. That's one of the games I'm looking forward to most is the rematch against Baltimore because that's that's a team who's going to have something to prove when they come to Cincinnati. And I'll be at the game. I got season tickets, so I, I can't wait. Yeah. But You'll be what, there with your sign. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, my, I have my flat, my cape. That's my cape back the there. Cape, I, wear, yes. I wear that. Um, but – that's one thing. I'll go back to to my my prediction where I said eleven and six. That's where I was kind of like the win, people kept saying, you know, or more or the Bengals window more opens up next year, and I kept saying Joe Burrow's contract is coming up quickly. I'm like mm-hmm. the window needs to be now. If there's at all any possibility of it happening now. It needs to happen now because I thought they'd had the talent offensively to do it, and I thought defensively we could keep us somewhat in the game to be able to do it because I've compared this year to that 05 team. That 05 team had a great offense and an okay defense, but they turned the ball over a ton. They, what, they didn't pressure the quarterback. This defense is better than that 05 team. That 05 team was very oppor- opportunistic and just got a lot of turnovers. This defense can win you games. The 05 team, it, that defense couldn't win you games, but that's where I compared going into the season that the, this team compared to the 05 team because you have Joe Burrow, who's coming to his second year. You have there you had uh, Carson Palmer, who's in his third year because he sat up, you know, his whole rookie year. I just, it was a lot of comparisons to me that you never know. It could happen again. I think you froze again on me. Did I? Am I frozen again? Are you serious? Can you see me? Okay, you're back. Oh, I'm back. What is going on with this? I have a bad internet day. Anyway, okay. So I, what I was saying was that uh, I heard, yeah, the 2005 uh, comparison to this year. And I'll say yeah. this, uh, and and I think you make a great point because the, the two years people talk about most for the younger generation of the last 20 years are obviously 2005 and the 2015 team. The 2015 team that started seven and zero, I believe, mm-hmm. feels completely different to me than this. Yes. It's, really it's sustainable. Mo Egger said it on the show. It's sustainable. And I agree with him, what he's saying. And I, I think the cap on that team was the quarterback play that mm-hmm. we understood. Even though Andy Dalton, through seven weeks last year, oh. was playing like an MVP. Absolutely, he was. He was. People numbers. forget that. But we we kind of all knew, right? We all kind of knew that, wait a minute, when you know when they do have to play the, you know, the, the, the Pittsburghs, and uh, the other teams like that in the AFC, we, we just kind of knew in the back of our head, like we, we don't really believe that this team is a Super Bowl contender. Now, who knows if Andy didn't get hurt, what that would be. Right. But 2005 feels different. 2005 feels more like this because it is the young quarterback mm-hmm. with the pedigree of the Carson Palmer and now the pedigree of a Joe Burrow. It's the uh, flashy, big-time wide receiver that makes Cincinnati – really popular, Chad Johnson and now mm-hmm. Jamar Chase. And then it's the defense. You're right. It was different. The 2005 team, um, those turnovers that season were wild, unpredictable, out of nowhere, and opportunistic. Uh, and, you know, however way you want to play defense, that's great. But, yes, this does feel more sustainable in 2021 because it's consistently pressuring the quarterback. And if you do that, you're going to be successful in Absolutely. the way the NFL is made up now. But it also feels like to me – and just watching this week and watching the way people are talking about the Bengals outside of Cincinnati, they didn't do this in 2015. Mm-hmm. You're the right. They started 7-0. There wasn't this idea that the Bengals were the talk of the NFL mm-hmm. the way they are now. They were in 2005. They were. They were cool. Yep, yep. They were fun. Absolutely. You know, they, had, they had flash. They had style. And they were winning games. This team has that kind of similar feel to it. 
where it's results, personality, youth, excitement, and it's refreshing because we've only had, what, three years of this. And I know the Bengals made plenty of playoff runs with Marvin Lewis, but there's only been three years in the last 20 years where it felt like this team legitimately could do some damage in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Five, 15, 21, and this one feels more like 2005 to me because of all the things we talked about. Absolutely. And one thing that uh, I thought was kind of funny, the guys from uh, Bar, I don't I don't follow them. I only heard it because uh, I think Tony Pike played it on his show. Guys from Barstool, uh, part of my take, or part of my, well, I think it's part of my take, is their, yeah. their podcast. Anyway, one, one of the guys, got Big Cat, and whoever the other guy is that's with him, he said, they're talking about the Bengals, and he's like, this is the greatest Bengals team ever. I'm like, no, it's not, dude. We went to two Super Bowls. I'm like, I'm, I'm old enough. I saw both of them. I'm like, I, I, I cried after both of them. So I, trust me, it's not the greatest Bengals team yet. It could be if they win the Super Bowl. I mean, that's the only way that that'll happen. But I mean, let's let's talk about just how fun it is to be a Cincinnati football fan right now. We talked about the Bengals. Let's talk about the number two team in the country, the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. And were you as surprised as I was that they kept the Bearcats at number two after, let's be honest, barely beating Navy in a very frustrating game? I am surprised. In fact, I predicted to my coworker, Jeremy, um, the day after Navy, the Navy game where UC only won by a touchdown and Alabama looked a little bit more like Alabama again against Tennessee, that I thought they were going to jump Alabama up to number two. I wasn't worried about Oklahoma jumping UC because Oklahoma looked just as bad. Right, right. As UC, not to say, you know, either team looked bad. I mean, look, you win football games, whatever. But uh, I thought for sure that the pollsters were going to wait for an opportunity. Exactly. Open the door. And we gave put, it to them. To put yeah. beloved Alabama right back up there to number two. And they're coming. And, you know, they're, yeah. they're coming. And it'll happen there. You know, as far as the rankings go, and it's a fun talking point, the rankings that matter are the rankings that come out this coming Tuesday yes, when they go to absolutely. the playoff rankings. And to me, that's when we're really going to find out what you see is to the people who matter. Right. People who matter are the people on the playoff committee. How real do they think UC is? How much will they take into account last season when UC won every regular season game and took the number one team, the current number one team in the country, yep. Georgia, just in the last calendar year down to the final seconds and it took an unlikely field goal to beat UC? Did they prove enough? <laughs> did they prove enough last year and what they did? Does that matter to them? And through this year, the entire body of work of the last – 12 months, 12 months plus, 13 months. Is that enough for them to put them over the Alabamas, the Oklahomas, the Ohio States? That to me is fascinating. It's fascinating. I could see UCB anywhere on Tuesday night, assuming everything plays out, assuming Georgia wins, Ohio State wins, Oklahoma wins, Alabama wins, and UC wins. I don't think they're below five. I don't believe they're below five. I've heard some people say six. Are they anywhere from number two to number five? I have no idea. No yeah. clue where they're going to put them. And I can't wait to find out because I think that to me is fascinating how these people in this playoff committee fully evaluate UC given who they played, given who they're up against as far as blue blood programs. It's, right. it's going to be fascinating to me and I can't wait to see where they have them. 
Yeah, absolutely. That, that's kind of like I've been saying too. Is is the it's awesome being ranked number two. It's great. These, these rankings don't matter. As I like enjoy it. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. It's been fun. The ones that matter are this Tuesday. And I honestly, if they put us in it, I think we're gonna be at four. I don't. We're not gonna be at two. I don't think they could drop us out. But if we go, if they go in, they blow out Tulsa again. And that's that's the thing that I've said to SEC fans. They're like, we, your schedule stinks. I'm like, look, our schedule's our schedule. We can't do anything about it. We've, we've scheduled their day. We scheduled it, and we do, did what we could do. But the pressure that's on this team to not only win every game, is and this year, is to blow them out. They have to have big victories to, to compensate for the, the competition. So to me, the pressure is on them just as much as it would be on an SEC team. The competition, no. But the pressure is. And, and you have the the weight of an entire fan base who's never been to this place ever we've never our uh, bearcat fans we've never been to a, a, a number two team we never had a number two team uh in the country ranking you have all this weight on their shoulders so that's a lot of pressure for them so that's where i'm kind of like yes our schedule stinks but you have to look at the context of what they're dealing with and they're dealing with undefeated team being undefeated for two years right now that i don't care what division or what conference you're in that's hard to do in any conference. I think the standard is unfair. Yes. That they're holding UC to. The, the standard that you expect a team who's coming in with the bullseye, the number two team in the country, getting everybody's best shot. You're getting everybody in whatever city you show up into. You saw it with Navy. You're going to get their absolute best. The standard that they have to beat every team by 40 is unfair. It, it really is. It is unfair. And so to – but the problem is, is – when you're trying to, you know, you're trying to thread this needle, right? You're trying to thread the needle, be the first group of five team ever to get into and crash this party of the college football playoff. Beating Navy by a touchdown doesn't move the needle. It just no. doesn't. You know, that's reality. So the standard of blow everybody out or bust is unfair. But that's the scenario they're in. That's Absolutely. unfortunately the scenario they're in. I, I think you're given one pass. And we just had it. <laughs> yeah. You give him one pass. Okay. You beat Navy. It's a weird game, weird offense, weird week. Okay. We'll give it to you. If you bounce back and you win every game here from the West of the way out by 30 plus, you're real. And I'll take you seriously. But this can't be, I don't think UC fans can bury their heads in the sand and simply say a win is a win. Keep moving no. on. It's not that simple. No, not that I, simple. I, Joe, I was, you're trying I was, to change. You're trying to change people's perception mm -hmm. of what group of five is against these behemoths in the right. power five mm -hmm. conferences. You have to be different. You mm -hmm. have to show off. You have to show out. You have to blow out. You have to change minds. And that is unfairly the standard they have to live up to. But that's the reality that you see in right now. Yeah. And this is what I, 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 I hate about this. That was the first time in my lifetime I've been a lifetime Bearcat fan. I, I went to the school that we won, and I was pissed off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, you can't do that. And I was, I was for sure they were going to drop us. Luckily, they didn't. Now, I got to put this scenario to you. This is the one that really does scare me. Just, just say they are in in the in the top four, and we go down to the final uh, games of the season. You have Georgia and Alabama. Georgia already beat Alabama. What if what happens if Alabama beats Georgia? They're putting if that happens, they're putting two SEC teams in. Oh, in absolutely. my mind, if that happens, UC is screwed because they're not going to leave two other Power Fives out. I don't think. 
Well, in that case, uh, yes, there's no question. If it comes down to if you have one loss, Alabama, and one loss, Georgia, and Georgia's only loss is to Alabama, they're both going in. Right. That's, and, and I have no problem with that, quite honestly. I, I understand what the SEC no, is. No, yeah, I understand. I, I've got no problem. I don't if, like it. <laughs> if, if Alabama's only loss is to Texas A&M and they have a win over the number one team in the country, they should be in. And if Georgia's only loss of the season is to number two or number three Alabama, they should be in. Uh, considering what they played all season long. I think then if you're UC fans, you're looking at whoever wins the Big Ten is likely going to get in, probably going to be a one-loss Big Ten team. Let's just say for argument's sake, that's Ohio State. If Ohio State runs the table, they're in. If Michigan runs the table and they're a one-loss team, a one-loss Big Ten team, considering that the Big Ten has you know, four teams around the top 10, 15, right, right. likely going to get that one-loss champion in. The two teams you see fans need to root against, and one of them's been on the ropes multiple times. You got to root for Oklahoma to lose. Yep. You got to root for Oregon to lose. Yep. Those are the two big ones. Yep. The two O's. You need the two O's to take mm-hmm. an L. <laughs> I like that. You're looking at two for O's. The rest of the year. In Oklahoma, boy, they're just like, they're up against the ropes. They're just waiting to be knocked out, right? Someone just take a swing and put them out of their misery. Um, them with the new quarterback, they look a little bit different than they do with Spencer Rattler, so I'll give him the benefit of the doubt there, uh, although the Kansas game. Yeah, I, know. I, I thought for sure. What? Well, you got the Kansas game the week before that, Texas. I, Texas had that game. Yeah, at I'm least like, Texas has a pulse, man. At least <laughs> Texas is a good program, or a decent program. But, you know, Oregon, Oklahoma, those are the – I think you're likely going to come down to, uh, in your scenario, you would have the two SEC teams, the Big Ten champ, and then you have these three teams, Oklahoma, Oregon, UC – debating for that fourth spot. So you need right. to root against Oklahoma and Oregon. Exactly. Well, I'm just wondering, and and not to keep you too much longer here, I kept you for a while here, but I I'm, I, I don't know if this would have any bearing on it. I seriously doubt it does. But since you see, hopefully in two years, 2023, is they are going to go to the Big 12. I, we're hoping it's 2023. Do you think that has any bearing on this whatsoever that, you know, they are, they're not a Power 5 school, but they're going to be, you know, and and – if they were in the Big 12, we'd be the number one, the highest ranked team in the Big 12. If you look at it that way, now, I don't think, I don't think they're going to take that in consideration. But do you think that that even enters the the the, the committee's mind at all? I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't think what what's coming down the road will will change their mind on what UC is this year. I just hope the committee looks at UC like this, where what 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 do you want if if you're the committee? When they tell us all the time, a they want complete football teams. They want complete football teams. UC has the offense. Mm-hmm. They have the defense. Eh, whatever with the special teams. This <laughs> the field goal kicking. Yeah. But what you know? I mean, listen. You you want to you want a real offense. You want a real defense. You've got that. You've got NFL players all over the field. Absolutely. You've got. Uh, I saw Todd McShay put out his top thirty-two yesterday, and he's got two Bearcats in his top thirty-two. You know, you got a quarterback and a cornerback who right now can walk on the field and start for most teams mm-hmm. in, in college football. In fact, Ahmad Gardner would start for every team yeah. in college football. <laughs> yeah. um, Desmond Ritter, you know, would, would start for every team, but maybe five. Right. You know, you, you would pick your you know, Oklahoma's, maybe your Ohio State's, Ole Miss, teams with great quarterbacks, Alabama, on down the line. Uh, so I, I think when you walk out there and you have a complete team, you have NFL players, and you have this body of work. And, and Luke Fickle keeps talking about the body of work because I asked him straight up, a couple of weeks ago, because I was curious, I said, as a coach in this, do you think, do you want what happened last year to matter in the conversations the committee has about your team this year? 
And it's an interesting debate to me because uh, I, I think a lot of committee members might feel like, ah, UC got slighted last year. Maybe, maybe subconsciously mm-hmm. that plays into their favor this year. That we, we can't slight these guys twice. We can't do this twice. We did it last year. Right. I mean, it, was, it was flat out disrispectful. Right. They had them, what were uh, they, eighth? Yeah, I think in the final playoff rankings, I mean, that, yeah. that's disrespectful for what that team did last year. Exactly. So knowing that's in the back of the mind, these people are human. These mm-hmm. people are human who are in this room talking. They're not robots looking at spreadsheets. So if they have last year in the back of their mind and what happened, then they have this year and what they're doing again this year. It's hard not to think they're not going to take the entire body of work of what they've done for two years into account. I don't think they're going to take into account what's going to come down the road with the Big 12, but I do think they're going to take into account what's happened recently, not just this year, but even last year when they talk about UC in that room. Again, fascinating to me to find out what they're going to do with the Bearcats come Tuesday night if everybody wins this weekend as expected. Right, yeah, it'll be it'll be definitely interesting. I I will be biting my fingernails to watching to see seeing where they where they put us at. But Joe, you've given me thirty four minutes. I appreciate you. Sorry about all the internet issues. I don't know what's going on. I think it's my dog barking and he tripped something or anything. But uh, what's your dog's name? Uh, Buddy, Buddy Who Day. Buddy Who Day. See, <laughs> I think Buddy just wants a microphone and wants another. He wants one of these windows here on the screen. Right, exactly. He'll just be barking at us the whole time, saying, "No, no, you're wrong. You're wrong." <laughs> But I appreciate you. Um, do you have any uh, specials coming up or anything anytime soon? I know you guys, when the Bengals are coming on, you have uh, pregame stuff. Yeah, so when the Bengals are on Fox, we have pregame specials. They have a one more game on Fox in December. I can't remember which game it is. I'd have to look at the schedule uh, to find out what game it is um, that they have on Fox. But, yeah, anytime the Bengals are on Fox, we're on at 10 a.m. and have an, an hour pregame show. But when they're on CBS, we let the CBS guys do their thing. Absolutely, I have to. I have to get you a Jack by Joey hat so you can wear that on the uh, on your next broadcast. There, I want a cape. You want a cape? <laughs> the Jack by Joey cape. The Jack by Joey cape. That that would be a good look on your next broadcast, right there. Have they have the cape back there and, and get the hat and yeah, it, it, it would It'd be, be something. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I appreciate you, man. Thank you very much for coming on. Anytime, glad to do it. All right, guys, I hope you enjoyed that. That was uh, uh, recorded. Uh, interview i did with uh joe damon of fox 19 earlier today he's a great guy talk about a lot there talk about the bearcats talk about the Bengals. hope you guys enjoyed it as much as i did and then if you see i changed clothes because i was wearing my hoodie and my hat and everything well then i decided to go down to the Bengals training camp and it wasn't raining when i left but good god did it rain when i was there (laughs) i got completely soaked so oh my goodness Oh, that's why I'm wearing a different outfit now. But anyway, it was a lot of fun. All right, Rob, what do you got here? Now? And the funny thing is you guys are cracking me up. <laughs> Not cracking me up, but I love that you guys are having your own conversations in the chat while the, while the interviewer is playing. Uh, Rob says, January 2020, I downloaded every single LSU game I could find with Burrow, starting and watched them all. Came to the conclusion the kid will get us a Lombardi in four years. Now, this one I'll, I'll tell you, Rob, is, is – uh, me and Joe talked off the air there. Um, hey, Anthony, what's up, brother? <laughs> we got we got a superstar. Anthony Cazenza is, is in the house. What's up, man? But uh, as me and uh, Joe talked uh, at the end of the end of the broadcast, just being talking after after recording goes over, I said, Joe, I said, you realize we have a shot of having one of the greatest football seasons ever with the 
Bengals and the Bearcats. I mean, there's a chance that the Bearcats could be playing for in the, at least in the college football playoffs. There's a chance the Bengals could be playing for a Super Bowl right around the same time. And he goes, Oh, that would be awesome. But he goes, I would have absolutely no life whatsoever because he'd be working so much. Oh my goodness. Uh, let's see here. What do we got here? Tom, what's going on? Who they boys? They've been kicking ass. Yes, they have. Yes, they absolutely have. Rob, the Iceman pulled a Clark Kent Superman on So I guess you didn't see the beginning of the show, Rob, because I, I said it was. <laughs> there you go. Yep, AC, that's my that's my that's my boy there. Anthony is a great, great dude. All right, guys. Now, uh, if you have not heard about this, because I didn't even talk about it yesterday, because when me and Anthony get talking, we just ramble on, and I, I forget some stuff that I actually want to want to do. And I know Anthony would love to come to this if you're still watching, but I know he he can't. It's a little bit far drive. He's in, in that California, but I'm having a, a Bengals watch party at um, the scoreboard there on uh, 3783 Shady Lane in North Bend, Ohio. Uh, it's on. Uh, I have a Facebook uh, group or or invite or whatever uh, to give all the information about it, of the address and all that stuff. So if you guys can find my Sports Strawberry Ice Facebook page, all the information you need is on there. If you want to come watch it, watch the Bengals game with me, me and uh, Kieran. Uh, I think he's going to be there. He's been on my show a couple of times. I've been on his. I was actually on his uh, earlier today, too. So, And I got to give a shout-out to my boy Josh. Back row Bengals. He is officially on uh, YouTube now. So if you guys uh, have subscribed to my show, go to Back Row Bengals on YouTube and subscribe to Josh's show because the very first one on there is me. <laughs> so check that out. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sherry. Sherry, I, you're new. I don't remember you being on there. How you doing? We don't have too many too many women on here, which I'm pretty sure Sherry's a woman. But anyway, um, I love the jackpot. Hoey, Joey, Joey, Joey hats. Yeah, great. I, I'm glad you do. You can uh, order some. At jackpotjoey9.com. We got hats. We got shirts. We got all kinds of stuff. I think we got beanies we're coming out with. Working on getting those done. So just check it out there. Jackpot Joey 9. And you can get your supply there. Natty says Joe Burrow is just built differently. Exactly. And that's where I, I kind of talked about it with Anthony yesterday. and talked about it today a little bit with, with Joe. They're talking about it being a trap game. I don't think Joe is going to let this team have a trap game. I, I think he's so, so singular focused on the next game. You know, they're not, they're not like us. They're not like me going, dude, we might have a shot at this thing. You know, who knows what's going to happen if we get into the playoffs. Joe just going one game at a time. Next game is the Jets, and he's focused on beating the Jets. And that's what I think all those guys were doing. They're focused on beating the Jets. But, oh, I got to saw something really cool, too, I want to tell you. With my dumbass being out there in the rain with my hoodie and everything. And, and of course, I didn't bring a umbrella. So, I'm waiting for the guys to come off the practice field, just say good luck, you know, and go kick the Jets' ass and everything. And Zach Taylor sees me. He goes, you're out here every day, rain or shine, huh? I said, yeah, man, I, I tried to. He's like, I appreciate you. I said, appreciate you, too, Jack. Man, I can't talk today. Zach, not Jack. Zach Taylor. So that was kind of cool. Maybe he's starting to get to know who I am. At least he knows I'm the crazy guy that comes to most of the practices. But anyway, um, I think that's about all I have for tonight. We got Thursday night football. And yeah, Sherry, you are quite welcome. Uh, get the, oh, yes, please get the likes up on the channel. Please, please hit, hit, the, hit the thumbs up. 
I would greatly appreciate it. And that brings me to the Facebook groups that let me live stream. And as always, I appreciate every single one of them. I'll check out tomorrow's show. Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals is going to be on. He's going to be on around 6 o'clock. So the first hour, half hour is going to be you and me, and then Jake will be on. So make sure you, you check out tomorrow's show for sure. But the Facebook groups that let me live stream are as followed. Hootay Nation. Hootay Legion. Bearcat Ruckus. Bearcat Country. Cincinnati Reds. Rounding third. Heading for home. The Ohio State Buck Nuts. I'm not even real, I mean, I'm an Ohio State fan, but I just like saying the Ohio State Buck Nuts. It just sounds cool. They would just say the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. Yeah, I'll start doing that. <laughs> the Ice Bar. And then you follow me on all my social media platforms, all under sports with Strawberry Ice. I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. Twitter handle is at Jeff A. Trenopole. TikTok is at Iceman90. You can look them all up by typing in sports with strawberry ice. It should pop up. I will be pulling off the sound later on tonight and posting it. So if you missed any of the interview with Joe and you can't sit there for an hour and watch it, you can listen to it. It's on BeanPod, Apple iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, pretty much wherever you get your podcast. Please make sure you like, rate, and review. And by the way, you guys have been killing it. I mean, I'm getting I, – I, I've, I've actually – I never get like a hundred listens on my podcast a day. I get it on the show a lot. Most times I usually get a hundred views on there or more. I'm getting close to a hundred people listening to my podcast. That is awesome. I appreciate you guys. So download it, like it, rate it, review it, give it a five-star review, leave a comment. So more Cincinnati fans can find my podcast. I would greatly appreciate it. YouTubers, we're at 1,412 subscribers. That is awesome. As always, I appreciate every single one of you guys. My goal is to get to 2,000 by the Super Bowl. I mean, this year's Super Bowl. And when the Bengals win the Super Bowl. See, I'm just I'm just speaking it into existence. Because what I should have done is what I told you guys to do back in February is to go bet on the Bengals to at least make the Super Bowl. We all could have made a lot of money. I hope somebody did it. I didn't do it. I was going to do it, but I didn't do it, and I wish I did. All right, Ken, let's get one more comment here before we get on out of here. The nucleus of this team will keep the young guys centered. These guys have won national championships and plenty of big-time programs. Exactly. I, I that That's where I'm at, and that's, that's why I love the makeup of this team. All of them. There's not one. There, there's no divas on this team. I mean, Jamar Chase, as much accolades as he's getting, he it could all go to his head. He could be doing all kinds of weird stuff. And he's got, I'm sure he's getting all kinds of different offers of different things and stuff like that. We haven't heard anything. He's a 21-year-old kid, got his head screwed on right. Joe Burrow, 24-year-old kid, got his head screwed on right. Great parenting on both those guys. Great parenting from all these guys on the team. They are They're all true professionals. So, we got a shot at this thing. I, I will. I was when I said eleven and six. I was really thinking we got a shot at the Super Bowl. Was, was but I was too scared to actually say that. I'm not scared to say it now. We got a shot at this thing. We got a shot at the Super Bowl. We got ways to go. We'll see what happens. But crazier things have happened. And as my boy Jeremy Dimebag these Nuts likes to say, remember one thing, and one thing only. And that is, you don't live in Cleveland, you live in Cincinnati, so act like it. Who day? Let's go watch some Thursday night football. I'll see you guys tomorrow. Like I said, Jake Lisko from Locked On Bengals will be on tomorrow, so make sure you check it out. And as always, 
That's just sports, baby. See ya! Oh,